This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today, both on the radio, on uh, the airwaves, through the internet, and through our Facebook live stream. If anyone wants to catch the video, you can find the link at uh, uh, facebook.com slash talk. Talking Alternative or Talk Radio NYC, or just look for my name, Sam Leibowitz. Oh, I'm glad you're with me. Oh, and thank you, Kai. <clears throat> Loving all the hearts on, uh, on the Facebook live stream. Always a pleasure. And for those of you who missed Kai's show this morning at 10 a.m., uh, Kai Society, a wonderful, wonderful show all about marketing and PR and architecting your tribe. Highly recommend you check out that show. Uh, we've got a wonderful guest who unfortunately is not in studio with us. She's on the phone. So on the Facebook live stream, you get to look at me all hour long. Um, aren't you lucky? So let's get started with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. I do have a qualifier today. You guys know I, I usually do the quotes. These are the ones that come to my inbox every morning. But I didn't get my uh, Abraham quote this morning in time. So this is actually yesterday's Abraham quote. But there must be a reason why it didn't come early enough for me to print it out. So let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. There will always be people in your life who hold you back, who cost you too much, and who fail to see all you've done for them. But of course, they're just there to teach you that you do have time, that you'll always be rich, and that your own high standards are all that matter. You knew that. The universe. Ah, an interesting quote from the universe today reminding us that it doesn't matter what kinds of people tend to show up in our lives, even if they take too much of our time, even if they're too expensive, even if they're too much of a distraction, that all that is there to show us is that we have more than enough of whatever it is they are taking from us um, that we have more than enough to share because ultimately when we're in alignment, when we're truly centered, when we're connected with that which we really are, there are no limitations. There are no limits. We are fully and powerfully who and what we are regardless of who and what are around us. Let's see what Abraham says from yesterday. Feel the power and the freshness of your now. You decipher the contrast. You know, what, you know what you don't want. 
You send out your rocket of desire of what you do want, and now you stand in a fresh new place. You want in a fresh new way that you have never wanted before. And that's what life is. In that fresh wanting, you summon another dose of energy. If you can begin to savor that mere fact that you have desire right now and you would stop trying so hard to have that desire be filled and manifested in some physical format, then you would have it. Abraham. Hmm. All right. An interesting quote to dig into from Abraham today. And really, it's about deciphering contrast, which is, again, Always, when we experience contrast, it's being more clear about those things we don't want so that we know better what we do want. And when we experience things in a new way, in a different way, now we know what we want in a different way. We've expanded. We've changed our perspective. We see things differently. And when we really savor the fact that we have some new desire that then we can allow something new into our lives. But you see, here's the thing. When we have this new desire, when we get stuck on the wanting it to be fulfilled right away, right here, right now, in this instant, that desire for it to be fulfilled so soon, so quickly, so immediately actually causes more resistance to that thing we're wanting to manifest. So it's a little bit contradictory. It's like we want it, but if we stop wanting it so quickly, that's what it will take for it to come to us. And when we want it, but we can be patient with it, when we want it and we can be okay with the fact that it's not here just yet, then we release that resistance. You know, Abraham has a tendency to say that in uh, every... um, with every thought, there are two equally uh, opposing thoughts with it. It's the having of the thing and it's the lack of the thing. And it's so when we can release the lack of the thing that then we allow it to come to us that much more quickly. But when we keep focusing on it and focusing on it and saying, we want it, we want it, we want it, we want it, What we're really doing is activating in our mind's eye the fact that it's not here yet. And when we activate in our mind's eye the fact that it's not here yet, all that does is create more resistance to it actually coming to us. So, you know, I often say in my workshops and and my seminars that, you know, ultimately we just need to release it, right? The universe is like this golden retriever, so wanting to play fetch with us. But the more we say, I want, I want, I want, it's like we're holding on to the stick and we're acting as if we're throwing it, but we're not really throwing it. But when we stop saying, I want it, and we just forget about it and we focus on something else, then we've let go of the stick. Then it goes flying out of our hand. And then that golden retriever can lovingly go run to grab that stick and bring it back to us. And that's the universe manifesting and bringing back our desire to us. But we need to let go of the stick. So how do we let go of the stick? We let go of the stick by stop focusing on the fact that it's not here yet. 
shift our focus, forget about it, right? We're good New Yorkers here. Forget about it and just let it go and move on to the next desire. Move on to the next piece of contrast. State your next desire and then forget about that and move on to the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And before you know it, those desires start showing up because the more we release the resistance to the desire, the faster and faster and faster they show up. So, two wonderful, wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Really a a lot about contrast. We seem to have a lot, and this is very, very relevant today because lots of people around the world are experiencing lots of contrast lately because things don't seem to be the way they think they should be, and that causes contrast. So the most important thing about contrast is knowing we're more clear about what we don't want, so now we can have more of what we do want. And this is a perfect, perfect, perfect quote for my guest today. I am very, very pleased to be joined by Dr. Deborah Sandella, who is an author of the number one international bestseller, Goodbye Hurt and Pain, Seven Simple Steps to Health, Love, and Success. Dr. Deb is a psychotherapist, university professor, and the originator of the groundbreaking RIM method, which is a heavily backed neuroscience tool for for reducing stress and improving your quality of life. She frequently shares the stage with Jack Canfield and is co-author of his Awakening Power Meditation Program. She has been acknowledged with numerous professional awards, including Outstanding Clinical Specialist, Research Excellence, and an Evie Best Personal Growth Book Award. And I'm very welcome to have her join us on the show today. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Dr. Deb. Oh, thank you, Sam. I'm happy to be here. Uh, It's wonderful to have you. It's wonderful to have you. So uh, I always like to have my audience have a little bit of context with which to understand my guests. So uh, you have really quite an interesting background, both as a psychotherapist and a university professor. What really sort of attracted you to these fields of understanding the human psyche? What what was it about um, people that, that... made you decide to go into one of these what they call it soft sciences of how people tick well it's kind of an interesting story because i really think that i was born with this interest Uh, are you getting an echo every once a year in a while i hear a little echo i just want to make sure i'm okay no 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 we hear you loud hear me okay good great And so I think I was born, uh, you know, kind of born with a perspective towards our feelings Mm -hmm. and psychology and human dynamics. And uh, kind of a sign of that was when I was growing up Catholic, uh, as I sat in church, (laughs) this is embarrassing to tell, but as I sat in church as a, you know, like even 10, 11, 12-year-old, 
I actually was paying attention to the people who sat in front of me and from watching how they interacted with each other, making up stories about their, what their relationships were like. Oh. Now, it wasn't very fair to the people sitting in front of me. What <laughs> I, and I didn't do anything with it, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think it's very telling of how I have been. It's just who I am, this sense of direction. And it always has had a slant towards healing. So it wasn't just an academic like interest. And it was I'm much more right brain than left brain. So it was not an intellectual interest. It was a kind of a deep calling to healing, like understanding that uh, broken is not true somehow. But I didn't really understand or really know what that was. It's been, you know, uh, over 60 years of learning that I can really put the pieces together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so cool. So it's really, you you just liked watching people and understanding people even from a young age. And that kind of interest, I guess, just kind of kept gnawing at you as a desire to learn and learn more and more about, you know, what's going on there and how can we help. Right. That's exactly right. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, awesome, awesome. And so how many years have you been a practicing psychotherapist? Oh, gosh, my uh, my career and emotion has been about 40 years. Wow. <laughs> I wow. know. And the first 20, I was uh, really uh, traditional uh, in my approach. And the last 20 has been in creating uh, what I call the REM, or regenerating, stands for regenerating images and memory technique, uh, which is very quick and effective. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, yes, let's, I want to talk about what exactly is your RIM method. Um, We've got a lot to talk about this hour. I also want to talk a little bit about how you got to be connected with Jack Canfield. And, um, and absolutely, we're going to be talking about your new book, Goodbye, Hurt and Pain. So, everybody, please stay with us. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And my guest this hour is Dr. Deborah Sandella. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Dr. Deborah Sandella this hour. And of course, uh, anyone who's catching us on the Facebook live stream, if you have any questions, please just type your questions into the comments field of the Facebook live stream. Or if you would like to call in and ask a question directly of Dr. Sandella or myself, our call-in number is 877-480-4120. So, Dr. Deb, uh, we talked a little bit uh, last segment about your background and stuff, how you kind of got into psychotherapy. And just so you know, I just want to remind you that, you know, psychotherapists are very near and dear to my heart because my wife is one. Um, <laughs> so so uh, I understand the important work that you do. But I am curious, um, what was the inspiration for your um, RIM uh, technique, which is regenerating images in memory? And, and kind of how did that get developed? And, and uh, you know, what kinds of results have you seen with people when you use it? Right. Right. Well, back, uh, gosh, it's been 20 years ago, 1997, my husband was about to turn 50, and we decided to take a personal sabbatical. He wanted to make a career change, and so I closed my practice. We went to Australia for almost a year, and it was totally life-changing. You know, it's like being in the fish pond, I mean the fishbowl, and all of a sudden you're out of the fishbowl, and then when you look back at the fishbowl, you, you realize the restrictions. And so when I was in Australia, I was fascinated by the Aboriginal dream time. I was really curious about that. I had studied as a psychotherapist a couple of techniques that connect directly with the subconscious, and uh, again, I was really compelled to move in this direction. And when I came back, um, I, I discovered, well, actually, I had a very intuitive experience where I had one client that was not ready to terminate, and so I had referred her to another therapist. And when I returned, she called. We talked for about 20 minutes on the phone. And as I went to hang up the phone, I heard a voice, you know, one of those voices that you go, who said that? <laughs> a voice say, if you go back to doing what you used to do, you'll get sick. And so this really, uh, it really inspired me to start moving in a different direction. So I actually closed my traditional practice and began playing with um, with the what I would call the organic, more of an organic process uh, that uses the body and that uses imagination. These were the techniques I'd been really interested in and it felt that I had used them a lot in psychotherapy. And so I started to move in the direction of just doing something like that and playing with it, and I didn't even charge because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and, you know, it's right. been amazing. Right, right, right. So that was interesting. So part of the inspiration came from the Aboriginals in Australia. You know, I, um, a couple of years ago, I had a woman on who wrote a book about the secrets of Aboriginal healing, and her husband, the, her and her husband, uh, well, her husband had gone to Australia to the Aborigines for healing his MS, his mm. doctors gave him about six months to live, and he ended up, after being healed by the aboriginals, using some of their techniques, he lived for another 12 years. Yeah. And then she went to them and studied with them as well and was carrying on uh, the legacy. And 
I wish I could remember the the woman's name, but uh, um, if you guys go to the SoundCloud account, if you look for Talking Alternative on SoundCloud, you'll you'll find that interview. So that's beautiful. So when you came back, it was kind of that inner knowing or that inner voice that told you, like, hey, it, it's time to do something different, and that uh, you know there, there's more to it than what we've typically been taught in in sort of modern science right yeah i think that you know what it it really started to illuminate for me is that as a psychotherapist a traditional psychotherapist i was really reducing people to their feelings and their emotions and there's so much more to us than that and so it became a journey of exploring all of the aspects of us that are are greater than the body and how to use those for intentional healing. Right, right, right. Beautiful, beautiful. So so what exactly is your RIM technique? What, how does it work? Well, it is a transformational technique that uh, uses sensing awareness. So what I've learned is that the the emotional system actually is very well equipped and resourced, but we don't know how to turn it on and we don't know how to use it because we have been operating through the left brain, intellect, verbal communication, and feelings and emotion are not a left brain process that the left brain can describe, analyze, interpret feelings, give it meaning, make it really the meaning is not always correct. I mean, right. it makes up stories that sometimes are true, sometimes aren't. Usually and are that the problem is that emotion and feeling actually is a right brain body experience, which is nonverbal. And so in REM, we actually access sensations happening in the body, and it's a closed-eye process, so that people are uh, moving into a relaxed state. However, instead of moving into what we might call a hypnotic state, where they're less in touch, they're interactive and exploring what's happening, so they become having a heightened awareness of what they feel, what they believe, what is there. And then we use imagination as the interpreter from the unconscious into consciousness as to the root cause of whatever the resistance is. And I heard you talking earlier about those resistances that slow down are manifesting. And uh, so that's what we're able to identify is that resistant energy in the body, and all of a sudden it takes form. So when we're talking about feelings, you know, we have tended to think of feelings as being uncontrollable. Uh, They haven't had, they're invisible. So that's why the left brain really is very impatient with emotion, uh, that it seems so out of, of control, unmeasurable. And so in this process, feelings actually become form through imagination in the body or in uh, images. And then that form allows us to keep going deeper in a very intentional way and identify the root cause and then to regenerate it. So we regenerate emotional memory then as Uh to whatever it was that stuck in the craw gets regenerated. And we know from science now that this is possible to unlock or destabilize memory so that it's open 
to be regenerated. Oh, wow. Interesting. It sounds like a very body-focused technique, kind of similar to somatic experiencing, where, you know, you're really kind of paying attention or using the body as your guide, but then you take it a step further by um, using imagination to then uh, not just help to unlock it, but to actually uh, change it and release it. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's a very good description, um, that that's exactly right. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. And uh, how long ago did, did this kind of evolve in your, in, in your new practice? Well, it's, yeah, it's been over the last 20 years, and okay. I've been teaching it over the last 10 years, oh, uh, wow. teaching other people how to do it with their clients, because mm-hmm. it's so simple. Right. It really is completely different than coaching, as completely different than therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's simple, and yet it does, uh, you know, it, ha- it has principles to it that are important to follow. Gotcha. Uh, so that, yeah. So um, can you maybe give our audience a, a quick example of, of somebody who you worked with using the, the technique and, and kind of what were they working with and then what happened because of using the technique? <gasps> Right. Oh, my gosh. There are so many dramatic stories of very quick, effective uh, recovery. And I say recovery because what happens with REM is people really, it's like dusting off emotional memory, so you return to your original sense of wholeness. And you realize you were never damaged. That was just like, you know, the dust in your living room. It's part of living. We have emotional memory that collects. So with story related is a woman in her early 30s who came in and uh, was wanting to get married and have children. She was very successful in her career, but she had really never been very comfortable with men uh, and dating. And so in the process of using REM through body sensing, she went back to the source experience that was creating the resistance. And then all of a sudden she found herself in the fifth grade cafeteria line. And she had no idea why she was there, so we had to look around and sense, so what is this about, what's happening? As she's standing there, uh, all of a sudden the memory popped, and a fifth grade boy in her class comes up to her and says, you're ugly. And us, you know, us women who have been fifth grade girls really know how sensitive we are about our looks at that age. It's a, sure. an extremely vulnerable time. And that, as fifth grade boys, uh, you know, that that's not, uh, that they're really have a different kind of sense uh, of how to connect with people, like how they connect with their guy friends. So in this going back, the way it got regenerated is she got to say to him, that hurt my feelings. Why did you say that? And what do you think he said, Sam? Do you have any idea, having been a fifth-grade boy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a very different kind of fifth-grade boy because I was picked on a lot, too. But I would say uh, he probably just said that so he could seem cool to his friends. Well, in a way, yes, there was that. And the reason that he thought it was related to his friends is that he said, well, because I like you. I thought that would work. That's how I talk with my guy friends that I like. Uh, Of course, of course. We tease the the ones we like. 
Right, exactly. So what happened, within a few months, she met a man. What was interesting is watching her, how she looked different as she walked out of my office. And this happened to be a face-to-face session. We can actually do this work over the phone and Skype just as effectively. But she was in the office, and she walked out. Oh, my God, she held herself so differently. She walked out as a beautiful woman. So what happened is in her body memory, all of a sudden, it got re-imprinted that she was attractive to boys. Right. And so she met a man within a few months, and then by the end of the year, they were engaged, and they're married with two children now. Wow, wow, cool, cool. That's a great story. That's a great story. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, it's time for us to take our next break. So when we come back, let's talk about your book, uh, goodbye, Hurt and Pain. I love that title. Um, and sort of where that inspiration came from and what the book's all about, okay? Okay. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So, Dr. Deb, you have a, a, a book that you wrote, huh? Right, yes. How long yes. ago did it come out? It came out in September. Ah, so only a couple of months and already yes. an international bestseller. So, uh, Goodbye Hurt and Pain, Seven Simple Steps to Health, Love, and Success. So, what was the inspiration for the book? Well, I think over the last 20 years as I've been doing the REM work, I've become so aware of how much unnecessary suffering there is and feel 
you know, called to want to share this inner technology because it's organically based and it's simple. And so many people could be using it and interrupting uh, real emotional suffering that can go on for years and years that's just unnecessary. And I, I just ha you know, that's really, I guess it's my, my calling, my purpose, my mission now mm. is to really change the way we look at ourselves, our emotional self. Ah, okay, cool, cool, and and this uh, is really good for not just kind of simple little things, but even for like deeper sort of as we talked in your example last segment, like lifelong held beliefs that we can release and let go of. Right, exactly. Yeah, that there anything that. Uh, feel stuck, you know, like you're not moving forward, like you're doing what you, you know, should be working and it's not. Uh, that that's usually an indication that there's something beneath the surface, there's some kind of undercurrent that has collected and gotten stuck there and it's unnecessary. It can be dissolved really very quickly and uh, simply. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so can you give us those uh, uh, one at a time now, those seven simple steps? Well, the seven simple steps, I think what's most useful uh-huh. is to talk about it as a process of looking at emotions in a different way because then we can begin to deal with our emotions in a different way. So, for instance, the very first thing is that feelings do have a natural shelf life. And so the first step is when we allow our river of emotion to flow through, then it will flow on out. But when we try to create a dam of resistance, like, no, I don't want to feel angry, I don't want to feel sad, whatever it is, those, you know, uncomfortable, ugly feelings that we think of as ugly, uh, when we resist those, it's like creating a dam, and then the water of emotion that we're trying to get rid of actually eddies right in place, right there in our body. So that that's the very first. Right. So it's it's interesting because that's a lot uh, something that I often tell my clients is like we get in trouble when we judge our emotions. Right. That's when Correct. we 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 have a tendency to to. To, to block them and not allow them to flow because we're judging them and we're making them, you know, good or bad, usually bad. Whereas if we just um, say emotions are not good or bad, they're just energy. They're just how we feel. There's nothing wrong with how we feel. And we stop judging ourselves for how we feel that then it, it makes it much easier to allow them to, to go and not hold on to them. That's exactly right. And I think, again, because we've approached emotion from the left brain, uh, that from, you know, back in Socrates' time even, that there was writing suggesting that those ugly feelings mean you're non-virtuous as a person. So we've learned to, uh, to want to avoid them. Even Freud, you know, what we would call it, villainized yeah. feelings in the unconscious. So what happened is we've become afraid to explore feelings, which is where really there's great insight and wisdom that's coming constantly in. Mm-hmm. So that interoception is the process of feelings coming in as a subjective and also a body experience moment to moment to moment to moment, constantly, the same way we're always breathing, our feelings are always coming in and flowing through. We just aren't 
we just don't stay conscious of them unless we intend to, you know, unless we pay attention mm-hmm. and tune into the body. And so think about if we took a breath in and held it because, you mm-hmm. know, for some reason. It's just like that, that feelings are absolutely a natural state of our body. Uh, that is constantly bringing information, just the same way that we sense whether we're cold or we're shivering or we're in an uncomfortable position physically. It's it's just like that. Feelings are the same. We just haven't thought of them that way. Right, right, right. Uh, quick question before we get to, to what comes next. Are, is there a difference between feelings and emotions? Well, that's interesting. I think we could talk about that. I don't. Uh, I don't make a lot of distinction about okay. it. Uh, there are, I would say, states of awareness like joy, love, and peace that I think, you know, we're born with. It's like a natural mm-hmm. state of awareness. You see it in infants when they're not unhappy, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so that emotions are having to do with emoting or reacting acting to our experience, either our experience internally or the experience out around us. So that's how I think of emotion. Now, the word emotion actually has a a French origin having to do with to move. So emotion itself has a built-in kind of definition of that it's moving in and through. So that's you know, it's interesting. I think that it's so. Some people feel guilty that they feel some particular way, right. and that is you know it's really uh, not useful because we can't uh, control feelings coming in. Now we have the ability to respond in intentional ways to the feelings when they show up. But we can't stop feelings. They're spontaneous, transient states of awareness that are passing through us. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, Okay, so after we allow the emotions to flow and not hold on to them, what happens next? Right, so the second step is to see and our feelings. So once we see our feelings, they become more reasonable, more doable to work with. Uh, And this is what I was referring to earlier about giving them form. So that in the book, I really teach people and every chapter has a practice session at the end where you have activities that you can practice what we've been talking about. And so in this uh, step, And we're really talking about closing the eyes and sensing what you're experiencing in the body and where is it in the body, Uh, how much of the body is it taking up, so like what's its size, shape, color. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, if the feeling of anger now becomes a ball of red-hot molten fire uh, someplace, then even though that is a powerful image, it's no longer everywhere. It's no longer consuming us and everything around us. It's now contained to one area of the body and one particular shape and form. Right, right, right. So it's not all consuming. But um, have you ever found people, uh, when they're trying to do this, that, that the emotions are so strong and so powerful that, that, that they feel overwhelmed when trying to do this? No, actually, it's the opposite. 
opposite. Because what happens is we are really moving. So at this point, when we start to give form to emotion, we're really bringing in the left brain to be our partner. So there's real whole brain experience. And the left brain becomes a really good partner in identifying the form, the shape, the color, and the imagination, of course, comes in to bring in this awareness as well. So people are no longer feeling the feeling. They're actually sensing the form of it. So it, it um, what I say, it takes the emotional charge out, and now it becomes something that feels more doable like well it's really fascinating because the process is very compelling like reading your own life in a you know a novel (laughs) it's so compelling that we just become absolutely attentive uh to what is happening inside of us Okay, great. So once we allow them to flow, we see the feelings, we give them some kind of form, texture, tape, shape, you know, get, you know, get different senses involved, then where do we go? So then when we move into the form, and again, the, this is a client-guided process, so as a facilitator, uh, you can do it on your own, and you can be facilitated. And the REM facilitators, uh, the role is actually to always be following what the client's organic experience is. And so through what the client is sensing, where their attention is called, Uh, then that's what we go into. So let's say we're going back to that ball of red-hot molten uh, fire. Let's say it's in the solar plexus. Then um, we move into, attention starts to move into that to allow whatever's there, you know, to be known. And again, this is where imagination and the left brain work together quite beautifully. It's Honestly, over the 20 years of doing this, I am blown away by what is possible of what comes forth from people, from us. We are so amazing. (laughs) Uh, And so at that point, we actually want to bring in a virtual resource because now we're moving into territory that can feel scary. So we're starting to, uh, as the imagination is bringing form into what happened that is causing us to feel this way, then uh, we want to call in a virtual resource, which is somebody who's safe, loving, and powerful to be with us and wants to be with us in this process. And it can be, you know, sometimes it's spiritual figures that show up. Sometimes it's uh, relatives who have passed on. Sometimes it's a pet that is either passed on or current. It may be a very good colleague, friend, who has been an advocate for the person. You know, we've seen everything, uh, all kinds of resources. But what happens is when we have an image in our mind of somebody who's supporting and loving us, we really feel it. In fact, it's fascinating, Sam, that there was research that showed that when you're having physical pain, having somebody with you helps lighten, you know, lessen that sense of physical pain. Oh, absolutely. And that mm-hmm. more surprising is having their picture uh, with you actually gets better results in lessening the pain than having the real person there. Really? Oh, yeah, isn't that fascinating? fascinating? Yeah, that is. I know, like, having a a pet also 
it helps greatly to reduce pain. But having a picture of somebody, that's interesting. Yes. Well, and I started to think about, like, if imagining myself in that position, and I thought, well, yeah, if my husband's there, then he's going to be bringing all of his own opinions yeah, exactly. <laughs> about what's happening. <laughs> and if I have a picture of him, yeah. I can just remember his love, you know, and his care for me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Deb, we, we time for us to take, believe it or not, our last commercial break of the show. Um, when we come back, let's quickly uh, uh, finish up these steps, and then I, I really do want to talk about what it was like for you to work with Jack Canfield and how you got connected to him, okay? Okay. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour is Dr. Deborah Sandella, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Okay, Deb, we're in the final stretch, so we got to move things along. So let's we move into the form, and what happens? Right. And so what I'll do is just summarize the essence of the following steps. How's that? that Would that be okay? Great. That sounds wonderful. Uh, so that what we're doing is we're moving into the form. We now have the virtual resource, so we now have safety, a feeling of safety, and the ability to bring a voice into a moment in time frozen in the past where those things were not present. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we get a new regenerated image of feeling empowered in a memory, an emotional memory, where we were felt deflated, helpless, scared to death, terrorized, all of that from the past. And so now the body feels very different. It has new emotional memory. Now, we don't lose factual memory. We know what happened and what didn't. However, it's about the emotional memory that's in the body. So how the body feels completely transforms. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so as that feeling transforms in the body, now suddenly we make different meaning from everything. Exactly, right. It's, you know, we look at the world differently. We look at ourselves differently. So what happens is you get spontaneous behavioral change. 
Wow, wow. You know, and it's interesting because sometimes people have a real hard time with the idea of like instant healing, yet in the end, like all healing is really instant. It just may take a little bit for us to get there. So, (laughs) So you can make these shifts that seem like just miracles happening, but really that's the way our body heals, isn't it? It is. That's exactly right. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so I, I, I got to move on just because uh, I've met Jan Canfield. I love Jan Ca- Jack Canfield. How did you uh, manage to, to connect with him and, and co-create a program with him? Well, it's, it, it's really a fascinating story. And, you know, it's interesting. It sounds like I'm having these kind of voices all the time. However, today, the, the two times that were most significant in hearing another voice that a very strong inner voice have had to do with the first story and now with Jack Canfield because I I had a book about intuition that uh, back, you know, what was it, 11 years ago, and um, I was meditating and I heard this voice say, you're supposed to go to Jack Canfield's seminar. Uh-huh. And I had received a flyer, but I didn't really know who he was. And I wasn't really attracted to the title. It was something about peak performance. Okay. So I didn't even consider it. Yeah. But every day for a week, I heard this voice say, you're supposed to go. And I would ask why. And the voice would say, uh, you'll find out. And so finally, since this book was about intuition, I thought, well, I guess I better live it. I better go. <laughs> so I went. And by the middle of the first day, it was a, a four-day workshop mm-hmm. in Los Vegas, not my favorite place. Uh, by the middle of the first day, I knew he was actually the mentor I had been asking for. Ah. And so then, having met him that very first workshop, I took another longer workshop with him and got the idea. That was the first time I got the idea for the program that we ended up creating. However, it took a bit of an elephant birth. <laughs> It took about three or four years because uh, I presented it to him, and he was very excited about the idea. Uh, but it, it, right after that was when the secret took off. So his schedule got very, very busy. Uh, in the meantime, I applied to uh, be on his staff and began speaking at his seminars. And so over time, it's been 11 years now, so we've, you know, I'm good friends with he and his wife. Uh, I speak at all of his seminars now, and that we have this product. So... So it's, uh, you know, I did find out. <laughs> <laughs> See, it pays to listen to that inner voice. That inner <laughs> exactly. And it's, so, and it's so funny because I've had so many people on my show who have written books, do programs around intuition, you know, talk about intuition. And it's so funny because almost all of them have a sort of a similar kind of story where they got some sort of intuitive inspiration that seemed crazy. And they were like, what? And then they like, why do I have to do this? And they were like, just show up and you'll find out why. And and it, there's so, a little bit of resistance there, but then they show up and then it's like some incredible thing happens from it. Right. So that's wonderful. Right. Uh, just real quickly, what's the program Awakening Power about? Yes, Awakening Power is a six CD program that is um, includes 
meditations that Jack has done and uh, half of them he's done, half I have done, that really actualize his success principles in your life. So they're meditations that help you become more successful. And some of them, actually the ones I've done, I even have what you call dual sync. There's some parts where, you know, you hear my voice speaking positively in each of your ears in a little bit different timing. So it's very hypnotic, and uh, we've gotten fantastic feedback about the results, all the way from people who were depressed to being able to use it. They had chronic depression, being able to absolutely move out of that, and then other people being able to have fantastic results with their work after using the program. Beautiful, it's like huh? I think there's 11 meditations, and then there's there's a, a few, uh, what I would say, lectures or talks that are recorded from Jack's seminars, uh, and he's a great teacher. He's really a master teacher. Yeah, he is. He is. He's wonderful. I'll have to check this out because I've been looking for a new meditation to do, so I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Um, Great. That must be wonderful with you working with him. A, a wonderful experience. So, so uh, Dr. Deb, uh, you know, you've just come out with this new book. I mean, obviously, you're going around talking about it a lot. Um, what comes next for you? Well, you know, I think part, you know, it's like the book was really very important part of spreading the knowing about REM. Mm-hmm. around across the country and around the world because it's really a book about understanding our own natural organic emotional system that is more resourced than we understand so it's really about taking the word out so people can do it themselves so that they begin to appreciate their emotional resourcefulness mm-hmm. so uh so that means that I'm really doing a lot with classes now. So I'm teaching a lot more people to be uh, how to use the RIM process and use it with their clients. And it, it can go into any field, actually. So we have people who are teachers, wow. nurses, business consultants, uh, in addition to coaches and therapists. Um, you know, or people wanting to make a career change, want to move into a helping career without having, having to go back and get a real academic degree. Mm-hmm. So it's really adaptable. It's very generic to help process really whatever life is bringing us because we are constantly feeling. <laughs> right. We have feelings well, constantly. And, and are your workshops done in person or virtually? Uh, the workshops right now are done in person. Okay. Uh, sessions, uh, mm-hmm. I and all of the room facilitators also can do individual sessions, uh, can be done over the phone and Skype. Cool, cool. And so, internationally, know, we have a lot, we do have international facilitators. Wonderful, wonderful. We have listeners from like around the world. Uh, when's your next workshop? Where's it going to be? Well, the next one is going to be in Denver. The, uh, to look at the the book here, April, in the middle of April, April. and uh, it is REM Essential, so you learn the foundational skills, the essential skills that you can use for yourself and your clients, yourself and others, 
uh, during those four days. And then it includes also a three months of online coaching. Oh, cool, cool. And, and how do people find out about uh, your work and the workshops and everything? Where can they go to get more information? Right. They can go to the website at rimrinstitute.com. Ah, riminstitute.com. Wonderful. Right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sandella, for taking the time out of your busy schedule for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I wish you much, much success with, with all of your endeavors. Oh, thank you, Sam. You've been a delight. So thank you very much for having me. Ah, I my pleasure. It. My pleasure. I love having like-minded people like yourself <coughs> who just uh, contribute to helping people move forward. Uh, last question before you go off. With all the th- changes going on in the United States, have you noticed an uptick in your clientele? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, absolutely, yes. In absolutely. fact, uh, because my book came out in September, uh, I was actually giving a workshop uh, with Jack out in Palm Springs the day after the election, and I was swamped with requests oh. from media. And uh, two days later, I had uh, 30 mentions in the online news, and Trump had three. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, that's what we need. We need more good healing stuff being mentioned in media. Thank oh, you, thank Dr. Sandella. It's a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, and, right. and good luck to you, too. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And speaking of our president, uh, next week's show, I have a wonderful returning guest, Dr. Uh, Stephen uh, Rodabello, who is an expert in human design, which is an amazing system uh, for us to understand ourselves. And we're going to be talking all about the human design of Donald Trump and how he is actually living his design very um, accurately and very precisely. So there's uh, a lot to be learned from that for ourselves. So I hope you will tune in next week at 12 noon Eastern time for that interview. Um, of course, don't forget to tune in at 10 a.m. for Kai Society and 11 a.m. for Being Community Radio. Uh, tomorrow, don't forget, we have three amazing shows on Friday uh, at 11 a.m. in the No 420 with Joseph Bondi, uh, 12 noon, uh, 21st Century Entrepreneur with Joan Pelzer, and 1 p.m., Tony Martinetti, Nonprofit Radio for all of you in the giving profession. Thank you all on the Facebook live stream for tuning in today. Thank you all uh, on who are listening on the podcast. Thank you, everybody who's listening live. I appreciate and love you all. Without you, this show does not exist. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on talkingalternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.